spectacular. Shafi, Shafi, are you there? But you must. Huh? If you do it, it will make you feel as though the rest of the world is in a bubble of glass and you are rubbing up against it like a bad windshield wiper. Dusk has fallen once again here in the hill country, down around Austin, Texas. My name is Schaefer Hall, and here I come to you from inside my ivy-colored cave, ivy-covered cave, my my own personal Mount Swervon, where I stay. The birds are gone from the bird feeder, the limestone turned from yellow to pink to bone moon white and now it's time to talk once again to my my podcast ride or die he's got that martinique mystique he's the original montserrat mistaker his name's matthew rampy and he's right here got brass in podcast got bottle tequila use it Thanks for having me, Shafe. Stoked to be here. You're goddamn right. We got brass. Obviously, we have brass, or we wouldn't have we wouldn't have come to this podcast as fantastically unprepared as we have today. Gonna make you, make you, make you notice. Fortunately, we don't have to be prepared because we have a secret weapon. Our secret weapon is inviting guests that bring their own show sheets from. Deep in the woods of the Pacific Northwest, we have a currently silent, but you bet she's deadly, super weapon. Her name's Gabriella Page Fort, and she's right here. Say hello, Gabby. Hello, Gabby. See? <laughs> uh, you already got this. He's got this. I like, I like how you guys sound. <laughs> You're all over it like a bad windshield wiper. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but I understood it deeply. <laughs> Made perfect sense to you. I picked that drop with you in mind and with the stickers in mind, too. Uh, I had fun. I, I spent all day listening to the stickers prepping for this. And uh, I have uh, One Magical Nation. Uh, this is my old friend, Gabriella Page Fort. She's the front, front person, uh, lead vocalist and saxophonist for the band Stickers. And uh, I was, during the pandemic, I was buying a little vinyl to, to spin on my turntable. And one day I was sitting around, I was thinking about Gabby and I was, I was like, you know, I, you know, I'm spending this money on, you know, like dead white guys or, you know, the, late, the latest Gillian Welch record. I was like, I have not bought a single one of Gabby's records. You know, I've listened to her stuff online. I've seen her live. It's been amazing. But I've never, you know, I've never shelled out the cash. So, and I was like, this has to change right now. So I, I got online and I bought all of her stuff. And uh, 
and she sent me the greatest box I've ever. It's the best decision I've ever made. She put stuff in there that I didn't that I hadn't ordered. Definitely, uh, it was just chock full of you know zines and hand drawn pictures and homemade cassettes and just the biggest mess of awesome like kind of cl classic. You know, you think of the Seattle music tradition and you know uh, like uh, K Records and Calvin Johnson making his handmade cassettes up there. It was it was all in that that great uh, tradition of, of Washington rock and roll. And it was honestly the funnest box I have ever received. The funnest box ever. <laughs> you gave us our biggest order ever. We were stoked. And, you know, it was also exciting because, like, I'm also buying shit from other people and being excited about the packages that come to my house. And when I ordered, like, I ordered condoms, one-hitters that were handmade and mismatched socks and matching barrettes for me and my friend as presents from a friend's website. And it came all wrapped in this, like, beautiful tissue with leopards and zebras and red stuff and pieces of scrap made into ribbons. And I was just like, yeah, presents. Packages are presents. Don't forget. Matthew, I was thinking about you today uh, when I was driving around looking at, at uh, handwritten signs. You seen any handwritten signs lately? Um, I haven't. I, um, we should catch Gabby up on this, uh, on the do, on the goings on there. There, you know, I don't know if they do this in Seattle when you, you pull up to an intersection and people take just pieces of chloroplast and write on them with a marker, like buy houses for and with a phone number or something, right? Like the, sure. most, the most low rent marketing ever. Well, I, there was a sign here in Austin that I found that said, feel the duality. There was a number. <laughs> and there was a number. And so, well, but actually, I thought it said feel the quality. Because on the sign, it looks like an O. I thought they had just forgotten the, what do you call that part of the Q? <laughs> I don't know. And um, we called the number. Um, Schaefer thinks that I'm, give, I'm giving myself signs from the future. A future, yeah. a future of a multiverse. We called the number. It just, it just led to a voicemail. They haven't called you back, have they, Schaefer? No, not to my knowledge. I saw a sign like that once in Minnesota, and it was just said, hey, and a phone number. And I called it, and it was a self-published book about the life of a guy who runs a farm that's mostly about, that most makes most of their money selling hay. And I bought it, and it was, like, not very good, but it was a fascinating experience. Do you know oh, what hui, God, hui is? H-U-I, H-U-I? No. What is hui? Today in Tacoma, I saw a sign that said, hui, hui, sale and an arrow, but it was like a really beautiful hand-drawn sign that was just white with like red marker you could barely see, and this word that meant nothing to anyone. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> it's like, that's a good sign. I want to go there. Have you, have you Googled hui hui? Not yet. No, I just got home. I haven't had a chance. Okay, I'm working on it. Yes. Yeah, let's get the fact checkers in the building. Hand-drawn signs continue to pay dividends for us. Yeah, that's I think there's a lot of... Um, subversive advertising going on right now. I feel yeah. like the graffiti artists in Seattle have taken on their responsibility. We had a graffiti that I loved recently that said, murder your local heroin dealer. <laughs> and it was, it was painted over within 24 hours. It was like immediately gone. But there have been a lot of directives like that where you're like the absolute purpose of that sign was an instruction to the next person who saw it. And the intention is to really like get the message across. It's kind of cool. 
It's like all of the freeway walls have become more directive than they were when people were going to work every day. Matthew, the one I saw today, uh, it, it must have been very old because uh, it was for the rapper Lil Boozy uh, and his new mixtape. And dude, it was like, it was like to celebrate Lil Boozy getting out of jail. But he's been out of jail for a while, I think. So uh, that that sign must have been old. You saw that here in Austin? Yeah. Hui hui seems to be a a Chinese word. There's the Hui Hui Lifa, which is a, a set of astronomical tables published throughout China from uh, the, this, the Ming this, Dynasty in the late 14th century. Just so you guys know, this is definitely going to end in erectile dysfunction. I'm 100% sure of it. Uh-oh. Wait, the Hui Hui part? Or <laughs> the, the Chinese pod- medicine? This podcast? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't know. I don't mean ours. I mean, I don't mean the yeah, podcast. I, I mean, I, <laughs> if I had to guess, there, we're, we're looking for some sort of ground, ground up part of an animal that cures, uh, cures canopy madness. You wouldn't drop into a stranger's house for that. That would feel too, too embarrassing. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I would like, Matthew, do you want to describe where Gabby is sitting? I do. I would like to. Uh, Gabby is in a, a, a wood panel den sort of area, and there is a roaring fire to the left of her. She's in Seattle. By the way, it's a balmy, like, 82 <laughs> November evening here. And I'm, I'm trying not to... I, I podcast from the garage and it's very warm. So I'm, I'm so jealous of your like a reasonably appropriate scenario over there. Gabby has really interesting bric-a-brac behind her. Uh, there's a figurine that has on some kind of uh, mask. That's, a giant That's Louisa Cole. A giant ceremonial spoon of some sort. It's a lacrosse spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that a joke or is that a lacrosse spoon? No, so I found the, the spoon and the fork outside of the office one time and I brought them back to the office and me and my friend Carolyn Carr at the office would always be like hula hooping because work is boring and you need to move your body and we would like, we would use the fork and spoon for lacrosse with my stress balls and we would play lacrosse over the cubicle walls and it was super fun and we were laughing and like having a blast one day and her fork broke she like smashed the fork into the cubicle dividers and everything shattered everywhere but the spoon lived to tell <laughs> yeah dude wow it's looking I, good right this was, that was awesome years ago part. too that was like a 10 years ago maybe more Gabby also appears to be drinking the uh, fresh blood of some sort of ungulate, would be my guess. Absolutely. I only drink blood. <laughs> is that Vino? Mm-hmm. Mary what? Hill. Mary a- Hill Estates. A I- local red blend that's eleven ninety nine on offer right now at Bartell yeah. Drugs. Washington makes a lot of vinos. We're a vino paradise, actually. Yeah. I like to go to the Washington vineyards. It's nice. Um, Very like uh, futuristic, I would say. Huh. Like they want to make, they want to ensure that wine is made in in the future. 
but also like each of them is trying to identify themselves by something and people are competing for the like stainless steel dollar so it's like the guy who likes guitars like sells his what bottles of wine come in this weird guitar bag and it's like what does wine have to do with guitars and it's like oh this vineyard is this man who loves the guitar he has a collection of guitars he has eddie vetter's guitar eddie vetter's guitar is over here in the tasting room or whatever but there are all these like big slick buildings that are in warehouse districts but that are in these beautiful rolling farm hills so it's like very intense future juxtaposition i think it sounds fantastic has schaefer told you of his our desire to to retire up to uh seattle you know i don't want everyone to move here but matthew if you turn out to raise the bar on schaefer's coolness i will encourage you to move here i moved here once and it was a great call where are you from originally i grew up in connecticut and when i met schaefer i was on a 10-year new york city stint okay she was an upper upper west side girl yeah, baby, rent control in the family. <laughs> it's from Connecticut. Haunted apartment. It all. It yeah, all fits. <laughs> it's not, it's more logical than you realize. Yeah, I like to think. And that my I mother was... wouldn't like this, so the Louisa Cole is very subversive. Like having a naked gold lady in the house couldn't happen if I lived at you know dinner distance from my mother. <laughs> right. Right. Tell her. No, I, I won't let her listen to this. She doesn't like podcasts either. Oh, right. it runs <laughs> in the family. That's what's great when you do a podcast. There's no danger of anyone actually listening to it. It's like rock lyrics. You can scream the most horrible things you've ever imagined and everybody laughs and smiles and nobody realizes that you just yelled something horrific at them, like pedophiles were coming for you. Yeah, but it might be an 18th century romantic poem. Mm -hmm. There's no way they'll know. We found out recently they're very similar. Schaefer Schaefer created a quiz for me and Alex Battles and the question was, uh, is this a lyric from 18th century romantic poetry or is this metal? Great quiz. It was good. You got a dazzling geek from Manish about that. By the way, super fan Manish got at us. And he, uh, one of the bands that I quoted was called Maelstrom. Zach Bullock used to play bass in that band. What? How about that? that what kind of... Of all, of of all the crazy coincidences, it's pretty crazy. I'm, like, I, I want to go back to uh, crazy co- the crazy coincidence from where did you see the sign that said "Hey, Gabby"? I think it was in Minnesota, and and that was a self published book. Yeah, just like a really honest telling of what it's like to grow hay. And do you um, do you or do you not facilitate? The publishing of translated books. Yeah, I'm a book publisher. Yeah, uh, I that is that is one of the things that I gleaned from your. I'm a total uh, stalker, an internet uh, private eye stalker. So I read I read all about you. Um, I think of Schaefer sold this interview as oh she's she she fronts this punk man, but then but then your to me your day job seems quite interesting. I don't like to do things that aren't interesting. This is an exception. <laughs> oh, this is she's right in there. That is exactly what we do. Is we make fun of the podcast. It, it does I catch on, on. Okay, I'm it's not a, slow. It's a show about compete. the. It's a show about this show. Is what it is. 
I only I, uh, prefer things with no fourth walls. I like the fourth wall to be visible. I think that uh, I think it's probably time for another another round of uh, Uncle Rico's glory days because uh, I need to tell you because I mean, to to your point, Matthew. Gabby is definitely one of us, and she's always been one of us ever since we first met her. So I was I was gonna tell you guys about the day that Gabby and I met because it was super fun. Uh, we were uh, Lucas and I were pre gaming for a po. I, I was giving a poetry reading that night at like ear in maybe I think, and we were we were pre gaming as I liked to do, i.e. get as drunk as possible before the reading. To, to give it that extra, that extra spin of challenge. Uh, so we were at a, a favorite watering hole of ours called the Patriot, which uh, which was this dive bar where the you know the barmaids would occasionally set the bar and themselves on fire. And uh, sister to the Village Idiot. Yeah, it was the same same guy uh, who started the Village Idiot on uh, West Fourteenth Street, which had disappeared, unfortunately. Uh, and then now there was only the like aficionados will tell you, you know, the Patriot never achieved the glory of the village idiot. Uh, but that was just the way. However, the the barmaid there that day was named Lily, and she was a holdover from the village <laughs> idiot. She was one of our favorites, and she was a favorite of. Uh, we were we were kind of favorite of hers too. She loved Lucas and I. We spent a lot of time with her, and. Uh, I don't know if she knew you guys before, but she definitely took a shine to you guys. And Lily was like, uh, like Lily was like, these people all need to get together. And so she started buying shots for Gabby and uh, and uh, her friend Katie, her best friend Katie, and then one other girl was there too. And Lily would just was just giving them whiskey and then saying that Lucas and I were buying it, even though we weren't. Um, you know, and of course, you know, it didn't matter. Like so then all of us and you guys were out doing guerrilla marketing for yeah we were on the clock yeah we were working we were supposed to be working we had realized that the spray chalk graffiti vision that we had for guerrilla marketing was failing and we were like should we cut our losses should we go back to work what should we do and so we went to the patriot but it was like three o'clock or something it was like reasonably unreasonably early and well one of the things that i don't i don't know if it was your katie but one of y'all asked me uh, what other words have, in addition to continuum, have back-to-back U's in them, and they are vacuum and menstruum. Beautiful words. And I think that that's it. I think that those are the only three. Was Lily the same person who lit the birthday candle matches on her boobs for us to blow out? <laughs> no. That was, uh, she was from Colombia. Yeah. Her we name spoke Spanish. Was, uh, I can't remember now. That's, that was at the same bar? Yeah, it was the same day. I should have remembered her name because she was so sweet. I loved her very much. She put, uh, yeah, she put paper matches on the end of her boobies and had, them, had you blow them out like birthday candles. Um, I mean, and me and Katie were both like, we've never seen fake boobs before. Can we poke them? Can we, like, use our elbows? Like, what, what are the rules? <laughs> Can we use our elbows? <laughs> the rules are, honey, don't worry about it. It was nice. It was fun. <laughs> so, it was a ridiculous time, though, and we, like, conjoined our party trains in some sort of locomotion system that I have no recollection of, but we followed you guys around, and we were, like, 
What are we doing? Woo! <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a magical meeting, a magical day. Yeah, put it this way, none of us remember that night and I but I do know for a fact that at some point I gave a reading to a room full of people. <laughs> but it wasn't on the roof. That was a different night. It was a different night, yeah. <laughs> I don't keep them straight. I can't keep them straight. Just like oh. an impromptu reading. <laughs> the pirate reading was uh the Ada Lamone and I wrote the, wrote a series of poems about pirates and uh we re we read from them on a somebody somebody's rooftop party. Uh, I don't know if you followed Ada Lamone's career, Gabby, but she is rising star. She's one promotion away from poet laureate at this point. Um, Not shocking, I would and say. And another dazzling detail: she's married to Lucas. Oh, how romantic! How <laughs> much fun is that? That yeah. was a very serious party. There were like official tea lights, and it was like yeah, I um, think, as I taken recall, very I, earnestly. The pirate I, thing was like I rich. You and Katie and I got in a little trouble for having too much fun at that party. Yeah, we got shushed. We got libraried. It's definitely not the first time that's happened to me at a poetry reading. <laughs> well, they should make a special lane for the poetry reading. Fun people. I always get in trouble. I got hissed at because of my day job at a poetry reading that I did here in Seattle. I did a, I was just the voice for a Frank Stanford poem after he died. And I was on the invitation of C.D. Wright, who had seen me play with stickers at a party that was for her book that she did with Third Man Records. So, like, we played this party. But I got hissed at because somebody was like, she works for Jeff Bezos. And everyone hissed at me from the board of the oh, Elliott Bay bookstore. Yeah, it was really fucking scary. Anyway, it was uh, one of the many situations where I've left a poetry reading thinking, like, yeah, you go to a poetry reading like you go to a fight or like you go to like the bowling alley at the time that the people at school who said, let's meet at the bowling alley were both showing up. It's like, don't show up like that. That's a fucking crazy thing to show up for. In another continued uh, weaving of our coincidences, I was at that CD write party. You were in town that day. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so far out. That was that show that you were at, of course. And, yeah, now it makes and, sense. And, you made Katie Ball blush that day. That was shocking. Your behavior ex <laughs> said, exceeded the shock levels exactly. of the most shocking person anyone I know has ever known. Oh, come now. There's nothing shocking about that. Come, come. It's wonderful. You know, we uh, don't get to see that kind of shocking moment every day. I didn't know. I was going to, I knew that I was going to see CD Wright, and I was excited about it. Um, and I knew that I was going to see your band play. I didn't realize that you guys were performing together. So that was cool. Like, it was magic. Yeah. I, I appreciate her so much. And she's a very gracious, lovely lady too. Yeah, she she was much nicer to me than I, I'm sure I deserved at the time. Uh, yeah, I have very, very fond memories of that evening. Uh, that's cool that it, that it led to other... Uh, Fun CD write stuff for you. I put one of her song, one of her poems to music. I'll send it to you too. I did that after she died. I was pretty upset about it. Cool. Yeah. Please do. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll play it uh, play it here one of these days. So, so you you let the cat out of the bag there. The, you you work for Amazon Crossing, I think is right. And but that but it seems how do you facilitate Louisa Cole in the fireplace? I live in a city. I mean, you don't. Uh, <laughs> that don't come cheap. That kind of backdrop don't come cheap. Look, look at me. I'm low rent. I got a. Schaefer knew me at my one dollar fucking Wendy's baked potato days. Oh man, those were fun days though. <laughs> it was all right. 
It's like the Seattle Jeffersons over there. But um, um uh, but 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 seriously, I I have I actually I, I don't if you don't want to talk about your day job, like that's fine, but like I just had a few questions just in like the cursory glance at what you do. Like I just had Yeah, ask away. I like so, my like, day job. So are you do you speak multiple languages? Like is part of your interest in it that you speak languages and translation is because because this podcast is about words. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Um, French and Spanish. I translate from French and Spanish. And when I was a teenager, I wrote down in a list of things I want to be with. I grow when I grow up next to girl in a tampon commercial publisher <laughs> of literature and translation. So I've always been sort of fixated on it. I thought like when we would read books as kids and the books were from other countries that it was weird that people didn't make a bigger deal out of that. That seems like some sort of magical thing that's like the school bus that travels through the clouds. Like, I can't believe nobody's talking about it. Like, it's not interesting. So we're talking about kismet here. And so, like, if you frame it like that, if Jeff Bezos gives you the opportunity to fulfill your destiny, you should do it. Everybody, listen. You should just you should do that. Gabby, that's right. have you ever thought about the connection between the phrase open sesame and Sesame Street? Now I have. Open Sesame is a magical phrase, and Sesame Street is a magical place where living Muppets hang out with real life people. Totally, <laughs> and we learn the alphabet, and it's not even boring. Am I wrong, or is there a connection there? It's Open Sesame. I'm sure when they were like whiteboarding the Sesame Street show, they, somebody was like, yeah, that connects with this idiom that really opens people's minds. Thank you. That's all seven-year-old Schaefer wanted to hear. So, I am Bert. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Are you, is part of your job like finding, finding those works in other countries? For sure. Yeah, yeah that's the fun. That's it's like sort of like cool, a, man. yeah, there's a treasure hunt aspect to it that's like dangerous because it's like, yeah, Indiana Jones was a pillager. So there's like a lot of like complexity to it, which is interesting and fun. You mean, you mean like you don't want to be the person showing up to exploit somebody's work. Is that, is that what you're saying or? Correct. Yeah, for sure. And I also don't want to like lead people on that there's some magic in book publishing because you can make like $25,000 off at once, but it's not something that you can make like, you know, it's not like a direction for um, exploitation in the way that some other things are for anyone. It's like, I think a lot of the expectations when you see a Amazon as a name next to something are unrealistic when it comes to books and translation. Just like uh, we have managed to make bestsellers out of books in translation and we're making enough money that I've been doing it for like 12 years or 11 years or something. Um, so it makes money. It's not like it's like um, irrelevant, but when you're thinking about like that delicate balance, like there's a lot of room on that spectrum of, are you a, you know, extorting my ideas and culture, or are you offering an opportunity, or is there like, uh, what does the in between look like? It's always in the in between. It's like you're sharing a story, so the reason to do it would be that it's is interesting to you and that it inspires you. So a lot of that dance of picking books and figuring out who to work with is like a, a courtship ritual. It's really interesting. You like have the opportunity to get to know why people write books. And then once you sort of understand that, you know better whether or not you should work on them and whether or not people might like them based on your guesses. But it's a lot of like, you know, hearts and minds of the masses kind of thinking, which is 
far out and sometimes um, as Schaefer and I started this discussion, are we here? No, there's no here. There's no we. Time is flat circle. Well, I was uh, reading this article that you wrote in in Lit Hub, Literary Hub. Yeah. This is from a couple of years ago, but you you make a, a great case for why we should be seeking out works of literature from other countries, you know, like, I, I see I see what you're talking about. It's fraught with peril in terms of like your relationship as the agent of a corporation and you're, and you're dealing with an artist or their their publisher, you know, but like, I guess, you know, if you're, if you're paying fair money for art, that's what artists want is to make, make money off their art. So that, but, but more from the perspective of the consumer here in the States, like, I mean, it seems like a great thing. Like, it seems like a great opportunity for people to, I, it, it was interesting the points you made about how uh, America centric all of our media and the things that we read here is a lot of stuff written in English and here or, or in Western Europe, right? Totally. Yeah. And there's no reason for that. And the only reason for that is that nobody is bothering to ask or to mention or to offer. Like you think about how far out it would be to have like a, like Nausgaard on TV, for example, like he's the sexiest man alive. His hands are like larger than two heads. He's got this like beauty about him. If I had a TV show, the first thing I would do, no matter who I was, if it was Sesame Street, I'd be like, Sesame Street has got to get this guy on the show. He's this sexy fucking Norwegian guy. He thinks he's like spinning off Hitler. This is fascinating. Get this man on the show. And in America, like, you can't even have a rapper who raps in English but is from Sweden have anyone in America even listen to their music for a second. Like there's no path, there's no root. And the book world has a little bit more of a root than some of the other popular culture aspects. And a lot of the ways that people discover books are not necessarily filtered by that variable. And so there's a lot of opportunity, I think, just to offer people things that look good. Like I spend a lot of time worrying about like, is this an impulse attractor? Like whatever the project is, it's like you need to make it attractive and then also have the person who receives it like what's inside. You're doing that with your podcast too. It's like what Dry. windshield wipers are called for in this instance. You know, it's, it's interesting. I find it really interesting and the things that do and don't work are interesting. It's like not what I'm expecting most of the time. Us either. We're never expecting it. Most things don't work. So if you're getting paid and you have a fireplace, thank you. You're doing all right. But Gabby, you in front of that fireplace is just filling me with longing. Like, obviously, I miss you, but it's 85 degrees here. It's hot. I don't understand Texas. I want it to out be of my... cold so bad. I miss it so I want it to be cold so bad. I do, too. I do, too. It's perfect uh, here because it never gets so cold that you have to put Vaseline on your chick on your cheeks. <laughs> like that used to blow my mind. All right, Gabby, I'm going to get back to your show sheet here. The first item on your show sheet was WWBJD. What, what would Bon Jovi do? Now, we know that he would get a haircut. In, in the 1980s, we, told, we would have told you that he wouldn't get a haircut. But then in the 1990s, we learned that he would get a haircut. However, I say no haircut. I, yeah. Oh, no, definitely. He was better with the long hair. Uh, but I was thinking that kind of that kind of segues into a question I have for you. And I would like to hear about 
because when I knew you, you were this lovely intellectual woman on the upper uh, upper west side of New York City, uh, who worked for a publishing company, and you know, trans you know translated cool stuff, uh, and then you moved to Seattle, and then you became the screaming, rollicking front woman for this awesome punk band. Uh, can you just talk me through? Because I missed. I missed. Can that I tell you the whole narrative? It's a straight line, but it's not short. Can I tell you the whole the whole? Yeah, thing? yeah. Absolutely. What's great about podcasting is that it's long form. Go it's ahead. so weird that people listen to me talk for this long. Okay, so <laughs> New York City, Upper West Side. Not a lot of hipsters. Not a lot of sexy boys for me. Back in the day, we all sexy boy in- on the train. There was a sexy boy on the train. He was carrying a guitar. I was carrying paint stuff because I was coming from art school class, and I was like is that guitar acoustic or electric? And he was like, are those paints acrylic or oil? And then we went to his house and watched Bowie videos and ate Chinese food. And he came to be known as Beautiful Penis and long in the future, BP for short. He looked a lot like Jesus. He has a really cool band. Long in the future, he asks me to lunch. I'm about to move to Seattle for work. He asked me to lunch. We go to this like really wonderful place called Les Al and we sit outside at this Parisian type cafe and he says, I'm doing a 12 step program and I need to apologize to you. I stole a lot of narcotics from your house and I don't think you knew that. You had those tramadol prescriptions. I took so many. I kept waiting for you to ask about it and you never asked. I'm sorry. And I was like, I don't accept apologies, but I do accept gifts. And so he like mulled it over and he gave me a gift. The gift was my first friend in Seattle, who was a woman named Emily Denton. And Emily was in a band called Piratical, which connects to you, Schaefer, and your piracy. So she was in this band called Piratical with Kimora, who was from New Orleans, who was in New York, in a band called Earl Greyhound with BP. He does, he does a podcast, so he might now know that was his nickname. Sorry, Matt. It's not, you know, I'm sorry. Um, so that he connects me with Emily as my gift to get through this 12-step thing. She and I met for baked goods at a place by her apartment on Capitol Hill. And I was sort of chit-chatting. Sorry? Is that a euphemism? Not at all. Okay. It was called B&O Espresso. Okay. And we, I think we ate carrot cake. Okay. <laughs> so she and I were bored. We were both bored. We were trying to chit-chat or like know each other or something. And both of us looked at each other and were like, you want to do a project? And so we got a sheet and cut eye holes out of it. And I became the ghost and I went to the ATM as the ghost and I ate, I bought apples at the farmer's market as the ghost. And I rolled down the hill at the art show and stuff. And she made these photographs and videos of me as the ghost. And then we got, she had a band at the time and they had a practice space. And she was like, I like how you talk. Can you please have this microphone? And then our friend Troy was breaking up with his girlfriend and we were at the bar and me and Troy were like just chatting about television, the band. And it was like, I kind of have a bass, like that band's bass. I want to start a band. Emily said that you talk cool. And like, we made a band. <laughs> and I was like, New York is so hard and Seattle is so easy. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> oh. And then we were famous immediately. Our very first show was on Super Bowl Sunday at this Pike Place fish market place that doesn't exist anymore. And it was this teeny tiny greasy floored fish shop. And it was packed and there were all these kids like looking in through the window outside and all these people who thought football was stupid, like gathering around. It was really fun. Dude. Romantic. Story is so awesome, man. That exceeded, you know, (laughs) I I knew I was going to get a good answer, but that really, uh, that really, that was amazing. 
<laughs> if you if you do listen back to the podcast, Gabby, good. At least listen to that part because it was. Like, <laughs> I, I I was wait, that story I, wait, I was struck there by like, um, you know, just how people's just like the trajectory of different people's lives, and then how things intertwine. Like that guy that you met, and he introduced you to this person, and like, oh, I I love. I got the that. Amazon job too because of a drunk coworker's narcolepsy. He fell asleep in an important meeting, and the guy he was meeting with was all upset about it. And I made the deal end, and that was how I got my big break to like go make a living wage. Did his drunkness have anything to do with the narcolepsy? Were they? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. He <laughs> fell down an escalator and like his head shattered and the first number in his phone was the office. So like they waited till Monday for somebody to come to the hospital to help him. But you know, the path train, that, that escalator that's like Wait. six stories or whatever, he toppled. They only call the first number? Isn't that sad? Well, he had just gone through a divorce and the babysitter wasn't like top of phone or whatever. <laughs> and that was the person responsible <laughs> for his well-being at that time. It's like a it's a really good helpful reminder of why to like keep your domestic shit together. <laughs> Not fuck it up. You need somebody to answer the phone when you topple drunkenly on the escalator down seventh place. That's true. That is so true. Gabby's torturing us with that um, with that legal devil's lettuce up there. <laughs> oh, I am. Off. Look at you. Did you have the job? Grinding it up. <laughs> okay. All right. We don't it's need it. It's called Blue Bowl. We're still living in a in a We're prohibition back, down here. Back society down here. I got arrested in Texas for this stuff one time at South by Southwest. What? Tell us that next so story. I had I'm to so use my sorry, privilege Jesse. to get out of that one. My mom fucking forged the community service paperwork and my dad forged the drug and alcohol training sessions paperwork. And it was over very quickly. I'm so sorry, Gabby. I've never, I mean, it never should have happened to you in the first place. Was that, was that, um, was that New York Times or, or Seattle Times? I was living in New York at the time, yeah. And uh, the friend that I was with was an idiot. He made a stupid mistake and like made us, was like, we should smoke down by this river. And it was like at the bottom of the cop shop hill. It's a fucking idiot. And the cop was shorter than me exactly and made me where you were. sit <laughs> down. Yeah, you know where we were. And then we went to see Dan Deacon afterward and I saved the day because I had batteries in my Walkman and Dan Deacon's Casio died and I like saved the show with my batteries. Yeah. You are a treasure trove of stories. I think we've... It's my, one of my flaws. I feel like we've got to say the right keywords here. She's got... Go, go to the show sheet. It's funny, my next thing was going to be talk, you know, I was going to tell the listeners a little bit about the stickers, about stickers, you know, in a way, as a way of encouraging them to listen to the stickers. But I think that everybody's going to rush out and listen to stickers as soon as possible after they hear this because... Well, and we're sort of on hiatus because yeah. Troy's living in New York, but Troy's supposedly moving back from New York. And the, the band's group text said that I was allowed to talk about the band like we're just as real as we ever were, which made me happy. Awesome. I, yeah, yeah, he's going to move back supposedly September 2022, and then we're just going to pick up where we left off. Great. Uh, that'll be. Did I tell you that uh, I, I have a friend down here, uh, Matthew worked with him. His name's Colin. And uh, I know Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Colin. Okay. Cause, cause Very supportive Stickers fan. Because he's a Stickers oh, super yeah. fan. That's, you know what? The name sounded familiar. I probably heard it from Colin. 
he's really really encouraging and he'll like write an email every now and again just with like positive vibes he's a, he's a good guy he takes music very seriously and in, in, in the best kind of way yeah yeah stickers is about love stickers is like a, a fantasy explosion just like this podcast yeah it's the same there's no fourth wall and when you hear it and you hear people talking or when you hear us talking about the band it sounds wrong or like cocky or like redonkulous or like completely unacceptable and it's wonderful we say really sweet things to each other all the time and when we make songs it's just like all of us together in the room just like trying stuff so does does punk accurately describe the sound i don't know but it accurately describes the spirit yeah definitely the aesthetic and and a lot of the sound too actually i uh you know i i I know no artist never no artist likes for somebody to just sit and reel off, you know, who they, who you're reminded, you're reminded of. I'm from but, Poetry Shaper. I love it. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what, like what podcasters do we remind you? Of? <laughs> okay, uh, go on, Shane. I know that I know that this is cognitive bias, but you know, like since I was, I think I was probably like, I was about 14 years old when on the Lubbock College Radio Station KTXT. I heard the song Hot Chocolate Boy by Beat Happening. Uh, and then it was just on for me as far as uh, Pacific Northwest music goes. You know, I was... I was that song you know, is so good. I was mail ordering the K Records cassettes and I was, you know, trying, you know I discovered Mecha Normal and, you know, all, all of the K Records gang, all those folks. And, you know, listening through to, you know, all of your music, what was really fun for me was you know, uh, finding ways where you kind of cross paths with those, particularly Mecha Normal, uh, with uh, some of the earlier sticker stuff. Uh, that was really exciting to me. But then, you know, uh, the later stuff is very, can be quite melodic too. And that uh, that was fun too. That, and that, you know, reminded me more of the, of the K Records uh, things that were going on. But yeah, totally. Uh, y'all's, y'all, y'all's sound, uh, varies in in ways that's in a way that's a lot of fun, but your aesthetic is definitely one hundred percent punk. So that's that's the best best of both worlds, really. Shaver, can, can I ask you a question? Yes. Is this podcast punk? <laughs> we have we have a. <laughs> I'm at, I'm, I want to clarify. I just for Gabby, I listen to almost exclusively hip hop and electronica music. I I uh, I have respect for punk, and I have friends who are the crustiest punks in the world, and we've been lifelong friends. I just it's not really a music scene I've ever been into. I'm a little too square, I think, in a way. Definitely, we know some crusty, crusty. <laughs> we know some crusties, but um, that's the same as the question though: Will God save us? That goes back to your duality signs. You've answered your own question, Matthew. Yes. Wait, but I need Schaefer to answer the the question at hand. Yeah. You can uh, be both punk and square. Come on, catch yeah. on. Like, just let go of worrying, and then you will have been punk, my Matthew son. Okay, well, I'll never be punk. I think, I mean, <laughs> and definitely. Uh, I just wanted way. to know if the podcast was punk. I know that I'm not punk. I'm something else, which what? is valid, I too, I think. But. One very fun and very specific way that this podcast is punk is the fact that Two months ago, without knowing how to podcast in any way, we turned the microphone on 
and started recording and figured That's it right. out. That is we've it. Been, but we've been working with words and performing for people for a very long time. It's like I'm coming to this podcast as a fun show. It's something we we've got the three C's here. It's communication, comedy, and comfort. And we, it's just a place for people to come. Oh, Gabby threw up in her mouth a little bit. <laughs> she was just she was just sitting around talking to. Oh, our band is just really nice to each other, and that's how I get- throw up easy. It's not your fault. Jennifer, <laughs> why did you invite me here? So she's one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 sit back and enjoy it like like texas weather Matthew. I, i'm okay I'm that's all right. what they say about seattle weather too that's something we have in common yes that it's Boom. capricious yeah yeah there's a beautiful movie called capricious summer that we just saw a czech movie from the czech new wave you should look into it if you like capricious weather you'll love capricious summer so, how do you say the word? Is it capricious or capricious? I think it's capricious. And, and I love the Czech New Wave. So, I'm going to trust you. Uh, Gabby, I'm thinking that we're, that we're probably going to retire to Edmonds because that's where the bar Harvey's is. Do you ever go to Harvey's? Have I ever been to Harvey's? I don't know if I've ever been to Harvey's. Describe, describe Harvey's. It's this big old man bar with a big neon rabbit outside. And it's actually named after the Jimmy Stewart movie Harvey, you know, on the big white rabbit. Now, now, I have not been there. That sounds romantic. It is wonderful. But uh, yeah, but you need to help. You need to kind of talk us through our retirement because I'm worried about something called the called, called the Seattle freeze. So that what re- you heard from my story was that I got el- welcomed like with octopus arms of huggy yeah. sweetness. So I don't, I haven't really experienced the freeze. Really? I think on the East Coast, everybody was up in my business. I thought it was like ridiculous how much other people thought they had to say about my life and as soon as i got here there's none of that we'll just drop your name all over time yeah i think it'll be easy for you to make friends edmonds is a little bit more conservative than seattle but it has a nice art gallery place that has like an emphasis on local artists and they have good donut shop i was kind of i was kind of just kidding about edmonds although that bar is awesome but yeah it all it definitely has like a suburban sort of uh conservative vibe to it no doubt about it's that. not i mean it's not bad enough that i would discourage you from choosing it though it's gentle enough and there's like a long waterfront that is so nice we saw police doing their um scuba training there one day they were like running into the water in their clothes like to practice throwing on the gear and getting underwater to deal with the, the emergency on a rainy cold day it's like pretty romantic pretty it's, nice it's also not far away from the Crazy Moose Casino, which is another thing to recommend it. I don't think you should gamble, Schaefer. I think it would be better if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing your clerical collar and talking about gambling. I can't accept that duality. <laughs> Thanks for looking out for me. I appreciate it. I'm your friend. I'm not here to watch you drive over the edge. And just to be clear for the listener, uh, Schaefer wasn't wearing his clerical collar in any kind of uh, moralizing way in the video chat, his undershirt <laughs> has a graphic on it that kind of makes him look like. I just, I just, just for the listener, sometimes you got. Well, like, have you seen this it. movie? Since we keep talking about movies, have you seen this movie, First Reform? I want to talk about self-flagellation. I know it wasn't on the bullets. Gabby, Gabby really brings out the cleric in me. 
I do, and I always, appreciate that about you. Tired. That's a great. That's a great energy dynamic that no one ever offers. <laughs> uh, Are we in danger? Is it a punishment? Uh, is this from the movie? Yeah, well, or just your clerical role. There's like a seriousness to it that I really appreciate. And you seem like a gooftard and you're not. You're so serious. You're like so like deeply invested in the world. You will be punished, but it's not going to be dangerous. That's what I thought. It's just going to be Yeah, fun. punishment is just part of the show. It's just a, one of the minutes in the 90 minutes. It's like two of them are for self-flagellation. Yes, ma'am. I, I, I think we a lot more than two. Gabby and I put on a show or two in our day. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think in this, oh, in y'all's show. Were you talking about this show, or, or uh, we're talking about the? the we're the, doing all right so far on this show. This show called Life. No, I'm just saying that traditionally Matthew, on this show, Matthew, they're the same show, Matthew. It's the same show. This is the same point I keep making. You need to open okay, yourself. Okay, okay, all right. Enlightenment. Well, all right. Well, I'm opening it up, and then there's there's, Duality, there's more than just two minutes of self-flagellation. <laughs> Oh, we can self-flagellate all night long. So in the movie, he self-flagellates in an ongoing fashion by wrapping barbed wire around his Ethan Hockey chest and body and then putting his sexy white clerical robe over it and then hugging the pretty girl. Ooh. And then you're like left with the question of the, sorry, that was a spoiler alert. Pleasure. But you're left with the question of like the like, whoa, shit, you're like wearing that barbed wire for the long term. You're just going to wear that shit. And then she's going to have it cut into her preggers belly. It's like she's wearing a sweater, but that's not going to protect her from barbed wire. Oy. What was the name of the But the movie? punishment is alongside the pleasure, Matthew. So what you need to know is that you're wearing the barbed wire as a sexy little vest under your green T-shirt. It's on you. It's part of it. It's like you the have, heat of Texas. You have no idea how accurate that all is. I know. I know. I do know. I'm looking at you. I don't know you, but I'm in the same computer. She's got, she's got my number over the internet here. Uh, I'm just trying to be productive while I'm here on this podcast. She's I, I love vests. I don't know if you... I'm a vest guy, actually. Who knew? I certainly didn't know that, man. And I, I I'm, I'm, well, actually, I'm way in... And you know what? Now that you mention it, I am way into self-flagellation. You should watch this movie. I think you might like it. Yeah, what's it called again? It's called First Reform, and I watched it asleep on a plane one time and didn't really know if I'd seen it or not, and we watched it again last night, and I had the depth of having watched it with my subconscious only once before, and so I was like waiting for this barbed wire the whole movie, and I want you to watch it with that same pleasurable anticipation, because <laughs> it's okay. like actually at the very end, but like, uh, it's a pretty special vibe of a movie. Gabby, here on One Magical Hour, we, uh, we give anything that we're reviewing, we give it between one and eight avocados. Eight avocados. Are avocados delicious? We're on an eight avocado scale. So what, what I would give you? it seven avocados. I really, I'm Ethan really. Hawk positive, so it shows my age. Oh yeah, I, t I tested that one. Ethan Hawk. I saw okay. him in New York City out in the world a couple of times. I once tested positive for Ethan Hawk myself. <laughs> you still do shake, shake. Uh, <laughs> no, we saw him uh, in Hurley Burley. The uh, that was a great that was a great show. Jameson and I, uh, that, that would get seven avocados too. Okay, uh, Gabby, tell me more about the island of love and tenderness. So stickers have an apocalypse kit. We have a plan, um, we have a vision, we have the direction. We would like an island. It will be called the island of love and tenderness. It will be a tender and loving place. All of the details are up for grabs. 
You're not just and, you're not just a band. You're visionaries. Well, and we also just are very nice to each other. Like we said before, we're like committed to being as a group. The island of love and tenderness at any and all moments. The space that that creates, like one of our first songs, that's embarrassing. Was like tears are allowed in the practice space. I but like some of that bleeding dick, like you know, wooziness is is a beautiful, tender thing. I do find that I do find that Tinder is occasionally a loving place. That's true. I can't believe that you puked at the three C's after all that. Come on. <laughs> you no, you said comedy. No, I hate comedy. Ask, I ask, went on a long road trip. We listened to too much comedy. I hate comedy. I got drunk too much at the comedy clubs as a twenty year old. It's just I hated only comedy. Oh. But do you like oh. to laugh? Sometimes. Yeah. Well sometimes it gives me the trackies. And you're in the right place. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You guys are good. Your ratio is decent. I can stay calm and still we have a couple very of serious. I find that people think that I'm the funniest when I am being dead sincere. Yeah. This is the duality, Matthew. You got it. Feel, I am feeling the duality since Schaefer called that number. I'm glad he left that message. <laughs> I, what were we talking about? Do you have any Well, numbers? I think there's a duality about the love and tenderness, too, because oh, like, yeah, we're no, making no, wait, loud I of, ask you, you know, how many How many members of the group? Of the stickers. There's four stickers. At the beginning, there were three. And at the end, there were four. I used scare quotes for those of you in the audience. Um, the end. Because we did end. We had our last show, and it was made into a concert movie that my friend Camilo Quiroz, Katie Ball's husband, still hasn't finished producing. Um, no, shout out, to that guy. Shout out Camilo. Friend. Finish the project. What? <laughs> Get back together like the bunny. So Troy is working on art of the Stations of the Cross, but most importantly, Easter Bunny Jesus shoving the rock from the tomb to come out and rock because stickers is the bunny is Jesus and the resurrection is nigh. Awesome. <laughs> can I check them out online? Can I, can I listen to the stickers just on the interwebs? If you go to brought to you by the stickers dot bandcamp dot com, you can find all of our records and you can order them the way Schaefer did and get a beautiful gift in the mail. We're also on the streaming stuff because the band bullied me into it. We're gonna have you repeat that later. <laughs> like that's that what, was good that's enough. What, that was what, good no, enough. That's what that's what everybody was wanting to know, though. I mean, okay. I was actually organically wondering if I could listen to the stickers, but then it turned into the perfect promo. There's a lot of good YouTube videos too. Emily has like Emily Denton from our band is a filmmaker director extraordinaire she does a million things she also is a yoga instructor um she made a lot of great stickers movies so there's like tour movies from each of the tours we did and like all sorts of nice nice stickers treasures we just had a little waltz down memory lane this week we watched the videos that were on our myspace when we were a baby band and they were kind of embarrassing I neti potted for like seven minutes apparently there's like seven minutes of me neti potting interspersed with like kind of horrible sounding early stickers like three people trying to figure out how to make music in a place sounds that sounds wonderful yeah it's pretty romantic for me i don't know how anyone else feels about it what kind of stickers is that is that like stickers on the bathroom wall with band logos or is that like sticker burrs out in the power all of the above yeah all those puffy unicorn stickers it's the duality matthew scratch and snip 
It's it's definitely scratch and sniff. On the back of our LP swollen, I made a cross out of stickers. And then the stickers like Schaefer is holding up right now, a unicorn sticker. Yeah, that kind of sticker um, I made into the shape of a cross. We are definitely also burrs. Um, and we are definitely also like sticky in that way that you're like not down with, but it's not as bad as burrs, like honey. Um, and I have I a band also. I have a band called that Tissue. Thing. That kind of sticky is brutal, but it's also not- okay. Like you need the honey in your life. Accept the stickiness so that you can have the honey. It's the duality. But like I also the, have a like band called Tissue. Floor. Yeah. The, the pub floor the next morning. Sometimes it's the pub sticky floor sticky. Brain. It's sort of sexy. It's sort of nice. Sometimes it's good for dancing. Reminds reminds you of something fun, like yeah. like pub floor or oh. or some other examples I can think of. That is that's more meanings of sticker than I had considered. I definitely it definitely didn't seem like specific. It seems up uh, uh, up up for grabs. I'm sorry. Are we are we are we on to the next? Are we on to the next bullet point? Gabby, let's let's talk about tapping your own spine. So it's hard to tap your own spine. I feel a little bit better since I typed that talking point because I had a good ballet class last night here in the living room on Zoom. Okay. Um, but you got to tap your spine and let the art out. Like that's a stickers concept. And I've been thinking a lot about, and this is one of the reasons I said yes to this weird thing. Cause I was like, okay, maybe that'll tap my spine a little bit. Like we need each other to like toss each other around and like ram each other into the walls at the, at the punk show or whatever here and there so that we can like shake free the cobwebs of the spine. No doubt. Did you, did you ask Gabby to be on the show? Yeah, I didn't just crash your party. I'm not here for the cake. There, I haven't even seen cake. How would she? Yeah, how would she know? How would even get on this internet thing? I had to get a special app. I mean, you you didn't he, you didn't hear that Schaefer was doing a podcast and be like, "Hey, I heard you were doing a podcast." He, Schaefer <laughs> hollered at Schaefer hollered at you, and he was like, "I'm doing a podcast. You're going to be a guest, please." So every time I eat psychedelic drugs, for some reason, I text Schaefer just for like um, dimension. You and, me similar, you and me both. You and me both. Right? So this is part of the tapping the spine. It's like Schaefer is a known portal of some kind. So I think that that was the open door. Well, we're def- we, I think we are definitely tapping the spine here. Yeah. I mean, in, the, in this moment own, and in the duality and in the podcast. But, I, but you, you keep diminishing the podcast when i get it i i do the same thing having your spine is a great way to feel it was at least it was at least interesting enough that you came here and agreed to be interviewed right and you wanted wanted to see and talk to schaefer i'm sorry yeah she had no choice right (laughs) well and i'm curious i need to understand the future and this is some kind of future thing so so i'm listening and if it intersects with like secret desert radio then i have a certain amount of deep and appreciative uh honor definitely to receive from the high desert when i was a kid i liked to entertain i like to entertain people and I like got away from entertaining people and I went to art school and I did all these other things that were like adjacent to entertaining people. But all of a sudden I'm, I'm hosting a little show in my garage and it's like a totally new era 
I'm also at a point in my life where I'm ready to tap the spine and maybe mature enough to do so or have enough things to draw upon to talk about. I like Schaefer and I are doing this and we're come, we're sort of coming at it. We're doing it every few days and we're coming at it cold and we're confident that we have enough interesting stuff to talk about that we're building a little, a little listenership, you know, like we're not trying yeah, to, you got me here not, with the interesting for sure. We're not trying to take over the world. So I don't know. That, that was my, that I was, was really impressed about it for, for, for respect of the medium, which again, I am new to it as well. And, and find the just conversational podcast. If it's not done right, it sucks obviously. <laughs> but I think that we are weaving in, as Alex Battle said, enough framework that, I don't know, I'm, I'm enjoying the process. I'm loving talking to people on a Saturday night in my garage. Oh, so totally. I, this is, we were already doing these like informal BS, like friendy Zoom calls where you go to them and there's like too many people, right? And I, this is more like, uh, you know. Yeah, it's kind of wonderful. It's, it's a little bit more like being the only people at the bar at three o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever with your spray chalk failure in hand. Yeah, uh, barkeep, I'll take another one of those pills. Well, I'm just going to go over here to Garage Fridge. <laughs> <laughs> right, Do you like it? Are you liking it? Is it a satisfying channel? Does it feel better than the awkward poetry scene where you get shushed? Oh, yeah, this is... Uh... This is definitely, you know, the fun thing is there's room on here for poetry. You know, there's room for punk rock. There's room for poetry. There's room for, uh, there's room for all that stuff. So. You gotta listen, listen, you, if you listen to one episode besides this one, listen to episode 34. This, what okay. are we, what are we on today? Shafee 38. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 34 was, um, Schaefer had a, a p poem published in the Denver quarterly. And I didn't awesome. know that. And he came to the show and then read the poem. And it was, he did a series of ekphrastic poems. To, to Excellent. Beautiful form. Israeli. Uh, I think that's Greek, a Greek word, actually. Ekphrastic is, uh, it just means inspired by a work of art. Excellent. So an ekphrastic poem is written in response to a piece of art. I was confusing it with the hustle for no reason. Just because ah, it's another beautiful hustle. word. You and I, you and I talked hustles quite a bit. When yeah, that's why my brain leapt to it, even though there was no right trigger. When we first met, I think, yeah. Yeah, me and Katie Ball were deep in on hustles at that moment in our adult lives. We were both we trying to do that. Sexy Turkish poetry. I'm googling that. Sexy Persian poetry. <laughs> I think it's G H A Z A L is how you spell it. Or is it? It's a different different alphabet, so it don't matter shit. I briefly earned $10 an hour for the Jewish Area Foundation in New York because I was able to do the Lachaim sound to call and do the telebegging for their organization. <laughs> I should be able to pronounce puzzle a little bit better, but I'm not, I'm not impressed with myself. Will you give, <laughs> will you give my Lachaim an avocado rating? Ooh, quite nice, quite nice. I would give that an eight as a non-expert. Oh, come on, just you're too kind. <laughs> I thought it was good. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, Miss Page Fort, uh, pirates slash the piracy, pirates slash the piracy, colon, open source spectrum. So we talked about this actually when we talked about my job, um, that like delicate balance between sharing and freedom and um, taking and um, parasiting. It's like, where do you land and how do you keep your piracy 
sexy and keep your like like for example i said no to downloading stolen music today because i think it's important to pay for music like safety does on the internet when you buy stuff from people it's nice if you're an Um, artist you can't steal from other artists that's right and if you're a pirate you don't steal from other pirates unless they're people you've got personal beef against and that's like the pirate code so it's like there's a long spectrum there and I think I wrote that down in part because I was thinking about you and like, what did we have in common? We had like the, I don't know, this DIY art scene thing where it's like, nobody's paying you for this podcast. You're like creating energy out into a, into a void. And that's like one of the beautiful ways of looking down the abyss. And that's like what art is. And so there's like a piracy continuum that that sits on. Sweet. The greatest things we can do as humans. Definitely. This, that was the best part of our podcast so far in 38 episodes that lasts like 27 seconds thank you one of my favorite shows on hyper local radio here in seattle is called transcend this astral plane and it's this woman who I plays songs that lifted the veil you listen you know yeah. about our low power fm stations yeah. up here i'm a staunch space 101.1 fm supporter and, and this show is so nice it like totally lifts the veil at one song at a time well, I guess about eight years ago, you sat in for, it was funny because I had been listening to that, the, uh, what's it called again? The, That's Hollow Earth Radio, the Yonic Boom, where I where I had a DJ oh, okay. stint for a time. That's another low-powered FM station here in Seattle. That's K-Her, uh, Hollow Earth Radio. I was kicking around to those on the internet, and then, but then what's the first one you named? The... Space 101.1 FM is the station. But the show is Transcend This Astral Plane. It's Wednesdays from, I think, 9 to 11 Pacific. Yeah, that's the one. But it's a really special thing to get to work with other people in any way, shape, or form who are actively separating their bodies from the space for a minute or like using the space T-shirt to elevate. In its ministerial form? Is that what you mean? Or any or any form. Yeah, the astral and the Very spectral cool. and the spiritual cool. are the same. Yeah. You remind me of some of my uh, art professors at UT. It was a very conceptual program. Schaefer brings it out on me in me because he like has me, he told me at the beginning that, that my persona is this like Upper West Side mystic or whatever. So I'm like totally <laughs> faking it because I like that concept. I'll put that one on. <laughs> so we've got... We've got this repeating character, this Upper West Side mystic that we bring on from time to time. <laughs> uh, Matthew, you know that Matthew, you know that uh, song by Milton that you love, "Her Place Uptown." Yeah, that was Gabby's apartment for me. Is this secret, secret place that nobody else in my world knew about? And like when uh, the blackout happened, everybody walked to my house where there was like still cold champagne and the pizza guys were delivering and I had like a drawer full of money. It was like that all the time. <laughs> it's a magical place. <laughs> it's still there. My friend Eric lives there. I can I stay there when I'm in New York. Oh, Not good. that I'm in New so York glad, at all right I'm now. Glad to hear it. Continuum continues on certain goodnesses. That's, that's so good awesome. to hear. I love the, what's the island called again? The Island of Love and Tenderness. You can come visit, but you're going to have to learn some things in like the, there's going to have to be like a, like I think about it sometimes coming home from work that you go through the biohazard shower on your way out. Like you get like, you know, you need to, you need to get sprayed down and the Island of Love and Tenderness. There's a cold, icy water swim for some of us when we're headed there. You know, we got to 
Gabby, would you say he's going to have to learn how to harness the anarchic wisdom to release the tensions? That's my, that might be my advice. Would you that's, say a good, that, that's a good thought. Would you say that freedom is the opposite of clenching? I wanted to know your thoughts on that. That was a talking point that I was going to, I wanted to hear from you about. <laughs> I think that, I, I think that without clenching, there cannot be unclenching. Um, that's the thing. So that's important to remember. But I no, but I, I agree. Uh, everybody, everybody can do with some loosening up, particularly right now. I heard this. I do a robot ragdoll thing. Do you know about robot ragdoll? This is a Sesame Street thing. No. You clench every part of your body all at once as clenchy as you can clench it, and then you release it like a ragdoll. And there's a cousin that's like a seal and uh, something else, but it's a fun game, and it's like a good example of how the anarchy and clenching are kind of the same, or like they can't live without one another. Do you ever suddenly turn on the freezing cold water in your shower? For sure. I do always bring ice to the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so... <laughs> I'm growing Brussels sprouts too. It's wonderful. The island of love and tenderness is with us wherever we can put it, you know? Are, are we, oh. It would be good if it was mobile, for sure. The hot tub, a mobile hot tub. No, the island. You said we. So when you come to you Seattle, said we, you said we take it with us wherever we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a state yeah, of mind, right? Yeah, for sure. It's in your shirt. It's the barbed wire. Mm. So if you come to Seattle when it's safe to be together, I would like to invite you to the hot tub boats. They float around Lake Union, which is the smallest of our lakes. And they are just a hot tub that you just sit in and you like fucking putt, putt, putter your little boat and you go to Ivar's and like get to go drink some food and you get back in your hot tub and you go floating around. That makes so much sense. Isn't that sweet? Do we need reservations? Can we make reservations? Yeah, we just order them on the internet. It's easy. Anyone can try it. And they're open during COVID from what I can gather, but I'm a little bit uh, skeptical. I'm not going, I'm not getting on a plane. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're not allowed to come until it's time. I mean, I mean, come on. Come on, that's where we started too, right? The ED ads or whatever. Hui, <laughs> <laughs> hui. I think we're at a real divergent point here where like there are, there are those who are just going to try to be as careful as possible and those who are not. And it's, it's one more step towards like a splitting of the... Of the, of the I told you we were going to end up at ED one way or another. Yeah. All the veterans went to Claim Jumper and Ivar's Seafood and Denny's on Veterans Day for their three free meals, and they all went to the Brown Bear Car Wash. The Brown Bear Car Wash. The veterans are a risk. They go to they go to the casino. These veterans gambling. They're gamblers. They're the opposite of. I'm a safety. I'm an island of love and tenderness. Is within. I don't need any externals. You know, stay inside the windshield wiper cove. For a second there, I felt like you had just told me a riddle. <laughs> Trying to work it out. Carry the two. <laughs> All right, Gabby, aging in place. I see it on you too. We're doing it, aren't we? Do you see it? It's like 
the ways of like set the what settles when you're just sitting there being older and older and then you're like watching the leaves change honestly guys oh and i believe this 100 it's it doesn't it's not as happen it's not happening as fast as i thought it would given our behavior over the last 30 years that's true we're pretty successful pretty well for ourselves my bones hurt though yeah well that's 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 the way it's gonna go isn't it it's the price you pay for all the glory this show is also about aging. Oh, you didn't tell me. Cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I love aging. I think aging is blessed. Is blessed. It's like people, men who holler on the street, don't see me as much, and um, women feel more comfortable around each other. Like there's like an increasing trust that you create when you're like desexualized or something. Yeah, that's nice. We have a real problem in this culture. Uh, lionizing youth and not appreciating age it's like hey this is your this is your gift for taking care of yourself you're gonna get old we need to we need to like lift old people up in reverence we there's no like ancestor culture and like be like oh what about these old people it's because the old people are boring and kind of mean so we need to figure out how to speak to the old people about stuff that's interesting to us. It's hard. It's very hard. That's my dad is so dismal right now. Every time I talk to him, he's like, three of my friends, they're dropping like flies. All my friends are dying. Every time. Every day I talk to Steve, Steve is dying. It's like fucking exhausting. He should try shrooms. I sent him some acid, actually, with that time that I wrote to you from the fires at the hotel where I was watching the firemen put out the fires out the window. Yeah. Um, I got that from my dad in part, and I sent it to him, and he was like, I was just alone in my chair, Gab. It was sort of sad. It was like, it was astral, but it was sort of sad. I felt sort of afraid. Psychedelics have definitely always helped me, like, become one with death. Yeah, but when all our friends are dying, it might change. Maybe so. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I think that's the sad part. But we have ways of communicating with our elders. There's like an elder, like, I don't know. There's a responsibility there that we all carry. I bought an old man grits the other day at the grocery store. He had pee all over him and he couldn't handle the walk to where the grits were in the store. And I helped him. And because I helped him, the wheel locks went on on my grocery cart because at our grocery store, all of the nearby homeless people have been stealing all the carts. And so they put this weird like dinosaur, like transformer technology on these old carts where they use this weird little fob to like unlock the wheels to help me, but it didn't work. And we had to move all my groceries. It's a nightmare. But like you have to help the old people and be nice even to the man who comes into the bookshop and is like, went on this date. What's your, what's your love life like or whatever? And you're like, oh man, I'll help you with your groceries or whatever. But fuck that. But like as a woman, I think there's like a lot of interestingness in the matriarchal scene. And when you get to be over 40, I think I'm not there yet. I'm 39, but I see ahead of me that one of the rewards I have to come is that the cotton top ladies are going to be really like inviting to me. I enter the state fair now with my troll installations and it's like, I don't get the blue ribbons ever. They don't understand me. They think that my scale is off. They don't see the relationship between humans and trolls. They don't understand. But I think actually if I'm a little bit older and they're not perceiving me as a threatening, exuberant youth who's going to storm in here with too much energy, fuck our shit up. Like once they trust me as one of their own, I think I have more to contribute there. Well, what were you saying about trolls? I'm excited to hear more. 
I'm a troll collector and I also make installations that are like dioramas for the dollhouse section of the Washington State Fair. Uh, that's so for the, for the I, I will have topped out in third place. Gabby is holding a pink haired troll and plastic troll. It's a, it's a hospital patient troll. But is or that maybe it's a doctor. some kind of hand puppet troll? Yeah, my my sister-in-law sent it to me. It's a hand puppet troll. But yeah, everybody sends me trolls. It's like a nice thing that people give to me. I have a lot of them. My dad made me a wreath made out of trolls, a wreath of trolls. Um, I made a a troll barn, uh, not last, no, last year for the fair. And I only got, I think, a participation ribbon. But it's really cool. It's like Troll 4-H with all the kid trolls showing off their animal husbandry. And there's like a stoner troll up in in the hayloft with the hay sign that I got inspiration from the hay book guide to build. And he's reading the Phantom Troll booth, but he's not really reading. He's got rainbow hair, that one. And he's like snoozing in the hay up top. Where where do you stand on the movie? Oh, dude. I don't appreciate the future's recycling of the past when it comes to hit songs, and I think Cindy Lauper is great. <clears throat> okay. Oh. So give us. A, I, have, I haven't seen the movie, but I heard it was good. So uh, an avocado term. It's a karaoke movie, Schaefer, and I feel about karaoke the way I feel about comedy. Someday I'll be like the person who comes, who overcomes it. It'll be my duality on that show, and Matthew will have his comeuppance. You, you, you be careful, young lady. <laughs> I've done karaoke enough that I'm not allowed to talk straight shit on it. Me and Katie had a really embarrassing, like, free body shots if you do karaoke, and we did Kate Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover. Oh wow! Which is the worst karaoke song ever? It's just all words. It's so hard. Yeah, but not enough. But I'm good at people are strange. It's amazing how many things you referenced that we've already talked about here in that last few. This is the transcending. This is the astral plane. <laughs> we're all we're all meeting here. The universes are colliding. I also just made a cool new zine for our record and bookstore here in Seattle, Washington. We have a place called Hex Induction Records and Books, and I made an inaugural zine that's called the Hex Induction Quarterly. That's- I'll send you boys one if you send me your addresses. Yeah, are, you a, are you like a human dynamo, like L. Ron Hubbard sort of thing? Like, I actually got the L. Ron Hubbard scholarship. You're doing a lot. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing a lot. You do a lot. I don't know if, I don't know if you know, but you do a lot. My therapist says it's too much, and I think she's greedy. G page for Yeah, no, there's no such thing as too much. I think it's offensive when people say it. It's like, they're like, you're too intense. You're too yeah. cool. You're too hot. You're too sexy. And I'm like, yeah, come to the island of love and tenderness. Mm-hmm. It's that cool there. It's that sexy there. Relax. There's no, there's no such we thing We can do all the fun. People are always telling me, you're too comedy. You're too karaoke. Stop it. <laughs> I know. I caught that right away, Matthew. Uh... We can be friends anyway. We can cross any divide. I'm not oh. scared. I, I'm 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 way open. I noticed. I, I, speaking of astral planes, Gabby, I noticed on uh, on one of the records you sent, there was a price tag that said hex. Uh, yeah, that's our shop. But Dane, I thought my guy was, and me. But remember, you used to call yourself Ed of a Hex. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my alias as well. So I thought I thought that that price tag was just a little piece of art you had created, you know, just... It is, Schaefer. It was just years in the making. It's one of those pieces of art that's like comes from the wallpaper and not from the wall. Well, I'm, I'm here for it. Dude. 
I'm learning so much on my own podcast. I am your, I am your devoted audience, Gabby. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am your devoted audience. What's going on with your poetry? You got any books in the works? Uh, I, the, the books are piling up. I just need to get them out there and uh, get them published. You know how it is? It'd be good if you knew somebody in public. I was, I was never... <laughs> I was I'm never not allowed very, to publish poems. Poems are stressful very, for people. Fair enough. Very good at but for the zine, actually, if you want to do a free poem for the zine, I would love to have you. I, will, uh, I was actually thinking of some poems just based on what uh, things I heard you say. They're inspirational. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. What were we talking about before? My phone is low on battery, so if I disappear, I sent oh, wait, loving okay. goodnights okay, wait. before I did. Did you have a quiz for us, Jason? Oh, shit. Yeah, I got a quiz. Uh, we can do it real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we can wrap up with a quiz. Uh, we'll let you go. Thank, thank you for your time. Are you, oh, it's been a pleasure. Do you, think, do you think you talk to us again? Perhaps. Okay. Uh, uh, we, got, we got a perhaps. But you, got, but you also have to do the quiz. Yeah, I, mean, I love a quiz. If it runs out, it runs out. That's fine. Uh, and uh, send us, will you, will you send us some MP3s of some sticker songs? So sure. We, we can, can we close with the stickers at this time and maybe a couple other times? Awesome. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm doing this as fast as I can, guys. I just thought you'd be ready with the quiz, like you were talking about. If ready, I'm just accessing Schaefer, it right now. Schaefer has a, his own Etsy page. It's Handmade Quizzes. If you're, if you're looking for a stocking stuffer, <laughs> maybe, you'd, maybe you'd like to give a loved one. Maybe we should sell it to the shop. Schaefer's Handmade Quiz. Let's see. Test me. You can really see the work of the creator. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. Shit is happening here. Sorry. Oh no. There's oh no. There's an issue with the quiz. Who is the ghost of Alex Trebek interrupting this inferior quiz show? <laughs> In clerical garb. We've been we've been accused of inferior quizzes before, for sure. I mean who's to judge? Let's not let's break this chain of white supremacy. Quizzes are tough. I, I've never been the Inquisitor. I can imagine the Inquisitor in 14th century Spain being like, yeah. this is a tough job. Exhausting. All right, guys, this quiz is... Uh, it is a hairband, true or false? <clears throat> so, are we... Are we um, and what's the format? Um, I think you guys are going to be on a team. Okay. And I'm going to read something. I'm going to defer to Gabby. <laughs> and you're going we'll to... We'll see. I don't know. I'm not reliable. Is it a true hairband story or is it a made-up hairband story? Hairband, true or false? Excellent. Right? So, first one. Counterintuitively... For a group including the unlikely monikers of C.C. DeVille and Ricky Rocket, the only member of Poison who doesn't use his given name is Brett Michaels. 
I think that one should be true. That feels like a nice true story. <laughs> I got you with that one. That one's false. <laughs> I, I want to believe. That's my flaw. I made, I made that one up. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice uh, story. <laughs> okay. Um, Staten Island-born Vito Brada played guitar for White Lion, had mafia ties, which led to more albums than the bandmates necessarily wanted to do at the beginning. So the story here, uh, Vito Brada is the founding member of the White Lion, started the band, got his friends to be in the band. And even though they wanted to leave, they had to do several more records because of his family mafia ties back in Staten Island. That seems totally plausible. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, that seems just a complete sure, true. <laughs> That's a good front for illegal business because you would never expect that a band wouldn't be popular, but you also, of course, they wouldn't be. So, like, you can get away with it. This is so exciting. We're going to say true. This is so exciting for me. I made that one up, too. <laughs> I'm going to totally tell six other people. That's my thing. I love to t pass things along. I'm going to tell it like it's true, and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> okay. My fake news source. When like the veracity of your fiction, my friend. When Los Angeles strip club, The Body Shop, caught fire, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee declared, we should all put our zippers at half-mast. Oh, for sure, for sure. No question he said that. Absolutely true. <laughs> yes, that is, uh, that is true. I've seen the movies. <laughs> how many, wait, how many questions is this? Ten, so we're pretty, we're, we're good. Um, Do I get a prize? No, I, yeah. I just wondered, like, we, we're, we're uh, one and two, right? We're two and one. Oh, you're keeping yeah. score. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I play sports. I want to win if we're keeping score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's why I asked. <laughs> if, you make, if you get more than half, I'll, I'll create a prize for you guys. Um, Great. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one before. All right. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's fairly common knowledge that Def Leppard's drummer Rick Allen has one arm uh, because he lost one of his arms in a car wreck. Uh, but what not many people know is that, uh, is that uh, guitarist Vivian Campbell in an eerily, eerily similar but unrelated car wreck lost a leg and he only has one leg. I think that's false. That's false. <laughs> You're right. You're right. There's no right. peg that's legs in I made that one up. I'm not as naive as I feared. Uh, frontman Glenn Betton. This is actually, uh, this is not hair, hair metal so much as uh, death metal, but it was such a dazzling detail I had to include it. Frontman Glenn Betton from Florida's Deicide tried to get a goat's lower leg and hoof grafted onto his own leg. He actually found a doctor to do it, presumably out of the country, but unfortunately it didn't take. I, I hope that's false. <laughs> well, the way you said it, it sounds completely true because you said, oh, I, I had to mention this. Or like, yeah, that that's acting, that's theatrics. Okay, okay, well, I'm a rube. Obviously, uh, what Gabby, you say false. I say false. I want it to be false. I defer to Gabby. <laughs> it's false. Yeah, I made that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, the band Warrants 
frontman Janie Lane was actually discovered by founding guitarist Robert Mason's wife when Lane attended her bachelorette party as the adult entertainment. Can you repeat the question? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, repeat. Rock band Warrant's frontman Janie Lane was actually discovered by founding guitarist Robert Mason's wife when Lane attended her bachelorette party as the adult entertainment. So Janie Lane was a male stripper. That seems plausible. Yeah, I'll say true. Nope, made that one up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a live bat. That's real, for sure, true. I saw that on VH1. Yeah. Uh, it's true, he did do it. Uh, but uh, but uh, according to, uh, uh, according to his, his own story, uh, he was... He was very intoxicated and thought he was biting a toy bat. <laughs> There's no excuse. <laughs> well, that's cool. Whoever played that trick on him is living happy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Great Whites frontman Jack Russell is an avid fisherman from a family of professional fishermen. And he actually wrote most of their hit songs about fish or fishing. The rest of the band would actually work together in the studio to rewrite his songs to sound <laughs> romantic or sex-based. <laughs> or sexual based on the album's needs. I hope that's true. <laughs> I want it to be true as well. Yeah, let's go with our desire to believe. Yeah. True. <laughs> I want it to be true too, but no, I made, I made that one up. <laughs> that is such a nice fantasy. You get the stickers. That's a total stickers fantasy right there. <laughs> uh, it seems like, um, where have there been any true ones? There's been like two true, right? Rock yeah, the things. Yeah, the one about Tommy Lee and his uh, zipper at half mass. I got the true ones right. And, uh, I'm two for two on the trues. And the and the Ozzy Osbourne rock yeah. band Kiss published a comic book with their own blood for the ink. I think that's not scalable. I'm going to say false. Oh, that's that's absurd. That's a that's, you can only make a few of them. I did have a T-shirt made with human blood one time. That's in 1977, Kiss flew to Marvel's printing press in upstate New York and added vials of their blood to a vat of red ink, which was then used for the comic. The process, from drawing the blood by a registered nurse to the band tipping their vials of the girl, was officially witnessed Almost done. by a notary public. You can do it. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Sorry, I forgot about the game. I can go in the other room. <laughs> which is hilarious. Okay, thank you, Gabby. I love you. I always have... Uh, Same. All, all of One Magical Nation loves you now too. How does that feel? I'm excited about One Magical Nation. It's nice mm. to meet you all. It was nice uh, to meet you. Thank you so much. And thanks Kara, I'm sending you these red roses. Was so nice. That is like love and are hand me down from someone else's engagement. I want to see more of your house, Abby. <laughs> yeah, this is our kitchen. Is that like a? This is the breakfast nook. That's so nice. That's, you have like dinette banquets there. That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's breakfast duck. Diner banquets. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, built in nineteen forty one. It's a nice it's a nice tank of a house. Wow. Love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. Come back soon, please. Have a good one. We'll see you when we retire. We're gonna listen to some stickers right now. Oh oh Gabby, listen to our outro line. it's probably gonna make you throw up in your mouth a little bit, but go ahead. Remember deeply. The poor of the choices. The sweeter the wine.
Oh, I like that. <laughs>